you might have a very specific way of making decisions and processing information that you're not even aware of. Listen in for my conversation about human design. This is Don't Rush Me. Hey, I'm Maria Spear-Alice, and I hate rushing. It never yields good things to rush, whether it's rushing to finish a client project or rushing to put on eyeliner. But when we have 10,000 things on our minds at any given moment, it's hard not to fall into that habit. I've had a lot of very specific technical training in my life. Hello, music school and law school. But none of that training prepared me for being a business owner, a lawyer, a wife, a mom, or really just a functional adult woman with a huge to-do list. I'm no guru, but I created Don't Rush Me as a way to talk more about the slow, simple tools you can start using today to make your life and business life a little easier. So whether you're a healer, a coach, or a business owner, a professional craving that slowdown, come with me as we learn about the small, easy things that can make a huge difference in your mind, body, or business. So what's your type? And by type, I mean your astrology sign, your Myers-Briggs type, you know, all these little types, personality types that we love to dig into and figure out what we are, right? Well, maybe you've heard of this and maybe you haven't, but human design is an incredible tool that helps you dig into your energy type, how you make decisions, how you kind of process information and... I don't want to oversell it, but this conversation is going to blow your mind and just really give you a permission slip to how you, like I said, make decisions and process information. It's going to, you're going to feel the light bulb go off because my guest, Elizabeth Lewis, is a human design expert. She also has six businesses um, that all feed off of her brilliant generator energy. She has Detroit Moms. She has um, a traveling with kids business. She has a retreat to reclaim business with um, Lauren Laschak, who was a previous guest on the podcast. So stick around and listen in to this conversation with Elizabeth, where we talk about the different energy types, the different ways that you might be making decisions and what's interfering with that. You know, your type might make a decision a specific way, and then your mind comes in and your mind tries to change what it is that you know to be the right answer, but it's your ego trying to protect you, right? And trying to keep you safe. So this is a really interesting conversation and... I hope that you learned something new from Elizabeth. But before we dive into my conversation with Elizabeth, here is the Holistic Somatic History lesson on Sedona, Arizona. Sedona, Arizona is known for its stunning red rock formations and as a reputation as a center for spiritual and metaphysical activity. This area has a long history of attracting individuals seeking to connect with spiritual and energy-rich environments. According to the Sedona Chamber of Commerce and Tourism Bureau, the Sedona area has been inhabited by Native American tribes for thousands of years, including the Yavapai and Apache tribes. These tribes had a deep spiritual connection to the land and held ceremonies and rituals to honor the earth and its energy. In the late 60s and 70s, again according to the Chamber of Commerce, there was this kind of new age movement and Sedona became a hub for that new age movement with individuals seeking to tap into the area's energy for spiritual growth and healing. One of the main draws to Sedona is its reputation for having powerful energy vortexes, which are believed to be areas of concentrated spiritual energy. 
Today, Sedona continues to attract individuals seeking spiritual growth and also just being one with the beautiful nature that's there and has become a hub for metaphysical activity with a variety of practitioners offering services such as energy healing, spiritual counseling, and other holistic practices. Hope you enjoyed that history lesson on Sedona, Arizona. Now here is my conversation with Elizabeth Lewis on human design. Hi, Elizabeth. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to have you here because I'm feeling today a need for an infusion of this conversation about human design. And I think some listeners, this might be their first introduction into human design. So I'm extra excited to for you to share your wisdom on that. But first, I would love for you to tell people who you are, who you serve. I know you have several businesses. I would love for you to like sprinkle all of that. Give us give us the sprinkling of each of them. Yeah. I have several businesses. I think I have seven at this point. Oh my goodness. Yeah. That's a lot, girl. Yeah. So I am a corporate dropout. I come from, I was, worked in the hospital system for up until seven years ago, which is crazy. Uh, I left and pursued kind of what was a hobby at the time, um, a business called Detroit. It was actually at that point, Detroit Moms Vlog. Now it's Detroit Mom after four years, like about four years ago, we rebranded and that's really building community with moms and women um, and connecting them to resources within our community, to each other. Tonight, we have a large event um, for actually for mom entrepreneurs women who work in corporate, women who are looking to start a business or women who are going to re-enter the workforce at any point. And so uh, really that business is all about community and bringing women together, moms mostly, or women desiring to be moms, grandmas, any of that stuff. And then I own a site off of that called Lansing Mom with uh, a couple business partners. And then I am at this point though, I'm actually an equity partner, which is a whole nother ball game. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Learning to the difference between being an owner and then moving kind of into the equity partner place is like kind of cool because I never knew it was an option ever until I started working with someone years ago. And then I own another business with one of those business partners called Michigan with Kids, essentially sharing all the cool things to do in Michigan with your kids, whether you live here or you're traveling. Michigan is one of the most underrated states, in my opinion. So we we want to share all the things. And then I own a business with a co- partner, uh, Lauren, who's been on your podcast before. And she, we own a business called Retreat to Reclaim and it helps women essentially live the most whole and alive, uh, and free version of themselves through retreats, day retreats. We're getting ready to launch something else with that. And then I mentor women in business, uh, using human design. And then I have a human design business and let's see. Oh, I consult too for businesses. It's kind of something that's off of Detroit Mom. So small business owners or women really looking to get out there and they don't really know the direction. I kind of use all of my business experience and all of my human design experience and bring it all together. I love that. So, yeah. <laughs> right. I, or maybe, yeah. no, did I miss one? Six, I, I seven, seven. The consulting, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're like, they're all they all like work together, but they're all so separate. And so even as I like move through things, I know you and I've talked about this, like, do I have to have separate things for this where the legal side comes in or, 
you know, separate QuickBooks. And so I'm working with accountants and all that stuff to figure it out. But it's just, yeah, I, sometimes I can't, it, which is crazy because I'm a generator, but all of the other things in my chart lead to like having multiple businesses and I don't have my hands in all of them. So that's also mm. a really cool thing. Yeah. Well, and also just from my perspective, it's a beautiful it's a beautiful, you know, way for you to appear in different ways, but to use those same talents, if that makes sense. Like you're using your, 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 your special, your special gifts and all of those things. Yeah. And honestly, before human design, like, I feel like when I really discovered that and learned uh, more about myself is when more of the confidence piece came where I used to give my services away for free and I didn't really recognize it where I was like, oh, I want to help people. I, all of these things, like I'm a natural helper and then recognizing how much that natural helping to other people was depleting my energy. And then Mm. I had no energy left to do the things that I wanted to do because I was serving others first because I was a people pleaser. Like I was conditioned to be a people pleaser from childhood into adulthood and really breaking that cycle with stepping into who I am meant to be and how I'm meant to live on this earth has really been game changer. Yes. Yeah. The the people pleaser thing is something that I think as women, we just battle with so much. Yes, it is. I remember the first time somebody called me a people pleaser and I was so afraid offended by it because I'm like, I am not a people pleaser. I just like helping people. And then recognizing that when other people's needs come first, or when I'm trying to always avoid confrontation and make everybody happy, that really how much that affects me and really changes the dynamic of like how I put myself out there. Yeah. You know, it sucks. Yeah. I know. Oh man, I'm so I could I could we could keep pulling at that thread. <laughs> I hear it all the time. We just actually recorded a podcast about people pleasing and how that stems from childhood, and you know, like just really to keep the peace in your house, you people please because you you know think you have to be perfect and you don't want your parents to get upset, and maybe yes. your house is like disheveled and your parents are always fighting and you just have to be this like perfect version of yourself. So you grow up people pleasing first in your family. Yes. And then in your school system, because the education system says we all have to do the same exact thing or we learn the same way. We have to be educated the same way when it's like the complete opposite, you know? And so I feel like most people I know, I don't know about you, have been a people pleaser at some point in their life or they're recovering or they're still very much a people pleaser and not recognizing it because that's a whole lot of inner work. Yes. <laughs> recognizing you're a people pleaser is like a lot of inner work to to really acknowledge it. I mean, it can show up. I was talking to my sister about this last night. She's single. It can show up in dating. It can show up in business. I remember when I was a baby lawyer, I just had just started my practice um, seven, eight years ago. And I would do a trademark search and it would come back. You know, the results would come back really not so good. Mm. And I would, I would catch myself, you know, okay, I know they're going to be mad. Like, how can I make this? How can I make this not seem so bad? And it's like, you're doing First of all, I'm doing myself a disservice and not being confident in it. But second of all, doing a doing a client a disservice because they're paying you to for the good news and the bad news. Yeah. So, you know, anyway, it can show up in so many ways. 
in so many everyday things in your marriage and your partnerships and your relationships. And yes, it's so hard too, because you want to raise your kids to be independent thinkers and to really not be people pleasers, but then we want them to be this certain way. So they really do end up being people pleasers, right? Because we're not <laughs> always allowing them to be their most authentic self. Yes. It's so hard. It's so <laughs> and like when you actually think about it and being conscious of it, when you're raising your kids, you're like, oh, I may be the cause of that. <laughs> what can I do to change this? <laughs> so can we tie people pleasing into human design somehow? Is there yeah. a way? Is it? Well, so here's, here's, um, well, you are the expert, so I'm going to let you tell us about human design and like, where did it come from and how did you first become introduced to human design? Yeah. So it actually was about a year and a half ago. I was in my mastermind and my business coach brought in a human design coach and she came in and essentially shared all the deets with us. She was like, you know, it, it a lot has to do with astrology. So for anyone that doesn't know what human design is, it's based off your birth time, your birth location, and your place of birth. And so it's very much like astrology. And if you have had an astrology reading, it's very easy to kind of link those things up if you worked with an astrologer and a human design coach to really bring those things together. But it, it has like other components too. It's like, I can never remember these for the life of me. There's like two or three other things that this, his name's Ra, like had this essential download one day, like just this insane download about human design. And it really started there. And so many people have kind of, you know, he's, he's passed away now, but people have taken his words um, specifically. I cannot remember the woman's name. She um, wrote his book. So he had shared all this information and then she had wrote the book. But uh, when I had learned about it, I was like, oh my gosh, I remember looking and for the first time in so long, I felt so seen. I was like, how do they, how do they know all of this stuff? Like, and there's how a do they lot know? of stuff yes. to know. Okay. So there are layers upon layers to human design in general. Like there is your energy type, which there are five energy types, and that's how your energy is put out into the world. So it could be anything from like, so there's generators, manifesting generators, which make up 70, approximately 70% of the population. They have sacral energy. So you probably know those people that can go, go, go like all day long. I'm one of them. Mm. <laughs> I know you're a manifesting generator. And then you move into like projectors, which make up a little over 20% of the population and manifestors, which are 9% of the population. And the reflectors, I've only ever met one and I've done hundreds of charts. That is 1% of the population. And so it's really cool because the ener energy types is how people expend that energy out into the world. So if you've ever worked with someone who you're like, oh my gosh, they're so lazy. It's quite possible that they're like a projector manifester and they're actually <laughs> not lazy. Um, when I learned that, even moving into how I teach or not even teach, but lead my team, because I employ two projectors. 
And then I I have a manifesting generator and I have a generator. And so everybody works differently together and really like bringing that into our team was a huge deal because, you know, projectors, they have a whole different way that they do things. Whereas manifesting generators, they also, one of their signatures is they like to cut corners sometimes Mm -hmm. and find the fastest solution and they jump from thing to thing. Uh, Whereas it's really hard sometimes to work with people like that, especially if you don't fully understand each other. So there's like energy type, how you make decisions, your authority, um, which, you know, some people are gut, some people are emotional authority, which there is like just so much. Can you talk about authority a little bit more? Because I'm fascinated by authority and specifically. Yeah. Okay. So when it comes to your authority, your authority is essentially how you make decisions. So this really goes into like, you are not meant to make decisions in your head. We as humans are not meant to, we are meant to make it in our bodies. It's a feeling, it's something that just cannot be rationalized. Right. And so when it comes to your authority, you can be a gut authority, which I think you're a gut authority, right? Yep. Okay. I'm an emotional authority. There's splenic authority. There's, you know, depending on your type, your energy type. Splenic is like, so Lauren's a splenic projector. So hers is fleeting. So she'll get like a feeling and then it's gone. It'll come back sometimes, you know, there's so many mixed things on it, but, um, it's just a really, a really quick feeling. And what happens is they get in your head, get in their head. It's similar to gut, but a little bit different. It's like splenic is more intuitive. Like it is like a knowing, a a huge, huge inner knowing, uh, which most of them are when you go back to it, like gut is probably the coolest one to me because like you guys know in an instant what is right for you. So like if someone, if I ask you a question because we're responders, you'll instantly know if it's something you want to do because it's a whole feeling within your body, whether it's like, you know, your sacral is like, uh-huh, uh-uh. Like it's an, an instant answer. What happens with gut authorities is we tend to talk ourselves out of it, you know, because we're like, uh, I, I coach so many people that are gut authority and they'll tell me what they want. And then like the next day they're like, yeah, you know, I just... Oh, I don't know if I should be doing this. And then I'm like, oh, your ego is protecting you. So I'm going to guess all the thoughts you had last night was like, oh my God, how do you think you can do this? You can't do this. Who do you think you are? You know, (laughs) all these things, because our ego really is there to protect us. And so if we listened, if we got out of our heads and into our bodies, when somebody makes a decision based off their gut, like an instant decision and acts right away versus waiting overnight, waiting a couple days, like we can talk ourselves out of anything. But if we, people who are gut or sacral authority, if they answer just the way they felt it, like, and and everyone's so different, right? Like it could be a tingling sensation. It could be like an explosion of energy. It could be, you get really warm. Like everybody's is so different. And that's why it's so important to really figure out what your cues are. Do you know what yours are? Um, it's literally a feeling like in the middle of my body, like in my gut, like a, yeah, like a tightening. And then like, yeah. Yeah. Do you find you, you can talk yourself out of it if you don't act quickly? Absolutely. Yeah. There is yeah. nothing better. Nothing that feels better than having an instant, you know, that, that gut reaction, like that instant answer and then acting right away because there's no yeah. time for my brain to like dig into like the logic, quote unquote, or the details are like, but wait, what if this goes wrong? And what if that goes wrong? What if this happens? You know, the what ifs. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of the thing. So like, for me, it's a little bit different. I'm an emotional authority. So essentially what that means is like, I have to ride a wave of emotions before I make a decision. And 
it's that's kind of a crazy concept considering we live in a society that's like oh i need an inst- instant answer right now like what's your answer to this and and people like me can't make quick decisions so something that really needs to be said and taught for people like me is to say to someone when they come to you with this really amazing idea it would be so good as just to say hey this is, sounds like a really great idea can you just give me a couple days to think about it instead of expecting people to give you quick answers. There's a reason why whenever I hear someone say, can you just give me a couple of days to think about it? I'm like, yes, yes, I will. Because that is honoring how you were designed, like how you are meant to show up in this world. And I have two emotionals and one sacral and then one who's a talk it out. So I have a projector child and she has to talk it out. And so I always say to my daughter, like, don't make a decision right now. If you're just as excited about this in a couple of days, we'll do it or pursue it or do something. Or even when she gets upset and she's like, I want to quit this. I'm like, let's just take a couple of days and think about it. Chances are in a couple of days, she actually doesn't want to. She's just moving through something and needs to be able to ride her emotions and some days mm-hmm. we just don't know. Some days we could, I can wake up. Some There are days I wake up and I'm like, I have no idea why I feel the way I do today. And it's just really like this constant wave of emotion that can't be explained. And so that's another cool one. I have a client right now that's a talk it out projector. So like she doesn't need me to respond to her. She just needs to tell me she needs to talk it out to me and hear herself say it to make her own decision. That's in, that is the coolest thing. So like, as she's saying it, she'll literally say to me, okay, yeah. Oh yeah. That does sound like a good idea. Oh yeah. I'm going to do that. Now that I hear myself say it, that makes a whole lot more sense. So like, as you're walking through that, and most people can feel that too. I can think of so many decisions that I felt pressured to make that I should not have made. And also another component that comes into that is my profile type, which I am the great life experimenter. So essentially I am here to experience life. And so for me, every time I do things like that, it's always a learning experience. I'm like, oh my gosh, oh, what I learned from that. But growing up, I always felt like I failed or I was doing things wrong. Even moving into like the hospital, you know, they praise that. They're like, it's not working. You want to change it? Go for it. If it's going to make us more money. Mm-hmm. Whereas like entrepreneurship, it's a little bit different because people are, I feel like a little less forgiving because especially people who work for you in my early days, I would be like, this isn't working. We're changing it. They're like type A people can't handle that. They're like, (laughs) this is not going to work for me. And so kind of in the, when I learned about human design and and recognizing that about myself, I had so much more compassion for myself. I really felt like, wow, there is really nothing wrong with me. I've just been living like other people and not like myself. Like I, I haven't been living my most authentic self because I felt like I had to be like everybody else because really that's what society does. Like be like this person, be like that person. When we do certain things or how we're taught in school systems, we're all taught. It's so crazy. If you think about it, we're all taught the same exact way. Yeah. But we all learn so differently. It's like those kind of things, right? So kind of moving into like the basic parts of human design are going to be like your energy type your authority, which you were talking about in your strategy is like, there are, you know, generators, manifesting generators are meant to respond 
their their strategy is responding. So every day you are given stuff to respond to, a text message, a um, email, a podcast you listen to, your husband asking you or your partner asking you what for dinner, what you want for dinner. And for many years, that was my husband. And I thought about that for <laughs> probably like, 14 years of our <laughs> relationship where it was like every night, what do you feel like? I don't know. What do you feel like an hour later? I'm like, I don't feel like eating anything because this is exhausting. And so now it's like, do you feel like Mexican? Do you feel like this instead of, you know, we're, we're not meant to be asked open-ended questions. This is the thing that got my husband believing in and accepting human design. <laughs> That's <laughs> because, crazy. Because of the dinner conversation. What do you want for dinner? I, I don't know. Do you want um, stir fry or do you want uh, salmon? Oh, salmon sounds good. You know, like it's so funny, but it's 1000% true. It's literally a feeling like that's what I, I always, when I do readings and sessions for people or we, we work through stuff, I'm like, literally it is a sensation in your body. Like, it's like, uh, uh, uh uh-huh, uh-uh, like, uh uh-huh, like I know when I don't want something. And sometimes then let's go back to people pleasing. We know we do not want stir fry for dinner. Like we know, (laughs) but we can tell, or we think that our spouse or partner or somebody else wants that. So we're like, yeah, I'm good. I'm easygoing when really internally you're like, I, yes, I do not want stir fry. (laughs) What if we could all live like that? We were just like, yeah, I actually don't feel like that. Yes. It would be like, I don't care. And he'd be like, all right, I want Mexican. And I'm like, oh, I don't really want Mexican. Sorry. That, that literally was us for so many years where I didn't want it. He's like, gosh, every time that I pick something, you say you don't care. Then you're like, oh, I don't really want that. And then it starts a whole new fight, you know? So like, I always tell people like, that's like the best way to think about responding is use the dinner. I, the, the dinner example. Cause most time people are like, oh my gosh, this is crazy this is crazy. My husband and I fight about this for years. Whereas you move into a projector, they have to wait to be invited to something. And it's not always literal. This is where you have to dive in with somebody because waiting to be invited could look like so many different things. But a lot of times think about people in the work, like in your work area or in your life that when you invite them, they just literally get so lit up. And I'll give you an example. My daughter's a projector and we go to the farmer farmer's market every Saturday. And I knew she was sleeping downstairs or I knew she was out late or whatever the case may be. So we come home for the farmer's market and she'd be like, why didn't you invite me? And I was like, you were sleeping. And she was like, you could have just invited me. So it's Mm -hmm. stuff like that. Like they just want to be invited. Like a lot of times projectors and manifestors, they just don't feel seen or they, you know, like manifestors have been made to be so small and because their boldness is too much for people to handle. People are like, don't be so bold. Don't be this. Don't be that. And then they grow up. And sometimes it's hard to tell when someone tells me they're actually a manifestor. I'm like, oh my God, they've been living out of alignment for so many years because that, like, I thought they were you know, a generator or something like that, just living so in alignment with, with another type of design because of society. Mm-hmm. So it's sad. It's like one of those things where you're just like so bummed out. Um, but the coolest thing for me is like when I do readings for people and they're like, oh my gosh, this is going to change my life. I have a client every, she references things I say all the time. She's like, this has changed the direction of my business. Like this has literally changed my life. And so there, I get that all the time. And like, for me, I'm like, yes, that is literally what this is meant to do. And it's not, you can take it or leave it. 
there are people that are like, that's not me. I will tell you what, I've had more people come back and be like, so <laughs> um, I have been thinking more about what you said. And I'm pretty sure that's, that's me. Like, but it's sometimes hard to acknowledge because there are shadow sides to us. Like mm-hmm. anything, there are so many shadow sides to your design. And I think the first step with your shadow side is like acknowledging it because there's so much room to room for growth in your shadow. There's so much room. And so I always encourage people when we start talking about it, like this is your opportunity to acknowledge and flip the switch on that story you've been telling yourself for years and get out of your head. Like I swear if some of my clients are like, I hear you say, get out of your head and it's your body one more time. (laughs) I don't think, I don't think people know how to do that. They really don't. They don't know what it's like to be in their bodies, to take a breath and feel what it feels like to be so ignited, like feel it on such a cellular level or what it feels like to make decisions wholly from, from a place of, of like an internal place. So what do you, when someone says like, uh, I don't get out of your head and into your body. If I hear you say that one more time, how should they do that? So like a lot of times I, we always go back to their authority. So I'm like, okay, so you know, okay, got authority, right? I was like, what was the very first thing you felt when I asked you about this? What was the very, she was like, I was excited. I knew, like, I knew this was what I wanted to do. I said, then now go back to the moment when you decided it wasn't a good idea anymore. And she was like, well, my husband was like, that's too much money. Or how long, you know, how are we going to find a babysitter? How are we going to do this? So like going through those scenarios and then really taking your place to when she was in her body, when she initially felt that feeling of excitement and that rush, like taking her place back there or like, you know, like breath work, somatic work, anything Mm -hmm. like that is like, for me, breath work is that thing like box breathing, the you know, like 10, you know, in yes. four, hold four, like that 10 times, like really bringing me back where it's like you're doing a full body scan where you're like, okay, this hurts, this hurts, like being really in tune with what's happening in your body versus everything that's happening up here. Because every time I make a decision for my head, it never feels good. Like it doesn't, it does not feel good or getting out in nature, going for a walk, like really getting in your body, like being, I know it sounds so silly, like, but being one mm-hmm. with the outside, like go outside and stand barefoot in the grass, like do something that connects you back to the earth, to things that make you feel the most whole within yourself. And so for me, it's nature. And it's crazy because I've coached people who don't get outside and walk. They're not nature people. And then by the time we go, like I just had a client text you. She's like, so I took your suggestion. I got out and I walked first thing in the morning. She was like, wow, the birds chirping. And Mm -hmm. just like, I just felt all this stuff. And I was like, yeah, like that's what it feels like to live and be in your body, to take everything in, to not be consumed by podcasts. And like, why can't we just go out and listen to the sounds? outside and just be with ourselves. Why is it so scary to just be with us versus listening to a podcast, talking on the phone? I'm guilty of it. I do it all the time. And then I'm like, what are you doing right now? Like, this is my time, not someone else's. And when you listen to podcasts, are we even retaining that information? Yeah. Because half the time we don't even implement it. Exactly. Exactly. I, someone, I was talking to someone who was saying, you know, something you could do for yourself is to drive with nothing on. It's like, oh, mm. but I always feel like, you know, this is downtime. I can be like listening to audible or listening to a podcast yes. or listening to something like feeling that I could, I have to use this time. Mm-hmm. Right. But you, cause it's scary. Don't. 
it, it, that's so true. It's scary to be by yourselves. My um, spiritual mentor said to me, I am so habitual, habitual about my walk. So it's like, I go this one way I do it. This. She's like, I want you to walk. When you come to a crossroad, I want you to listen to your body and make a decision. So now I go, oh, I don't actually, why am I going that way? It's more out of habit than it is where I actually want to go. So now I get there and it's like really playing with and experimenting. This is where you get to really experiment with it. What does it feel like to be in there and make a decision from your body versus a place from your head where it's like my head's like, but you always go this way. Why aren't you going this way? Why'd you turn off the path? We're supposed to go this way instead of being like, actually, I feel like doing this today. And so like your body will lead you where it wants to go if you actually pay attention. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's the coolest thing. That is so good. Yes, it is I so know. cool. I actually did um, <clears throat> muscle testing for the first time a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Like you're finding your yes and finding your no. That was really crazy <laughs> because your body just do you moved. do it. Um, I did it yeah. with a um, with a theta healer. She does family constellations and theta healing, and so like finding your limiting beliefs, like it, like your body will tell you yes or no whether this is truly like yeah on a, on a certain level, a limiting belief. And so your body just, just instinctively either moves this way or this way. And it's like, it's just so crazy how your body just reacts and knows. But then people will rationalize. This isn't real. This is this, this is that. And it's just like, why can't we just trust? Why can't we just trust that we know, like we know exactly what we're supposed to do here on this in this lifetime, we know our body knows. Yep. Everything up here is all conditioning. Yeah. Everything in our heads, everything that we think, how we believe, what, things that we do is conditioning. For many years, I didn't know what it felt like to be in my body. And that's really where like my grief really shook me right up and brought me into that place of like inner healing and really getting in tune with who I am. And that's, you know, like, human design was a game changer for me because of that, because I didn't know how to manage my grief or deal with my grief and like recognizing like, it's okay to just move through my emotions and be in my emotions that I don't have to become this like puddle of a mess every single day because it's hard to move on, you know, stuff like Mm -hmm. that. So it's just like an interesting concept. Yeah. And it's so, I mean, all of these things, like we've just discussed. It can apply to your home. It can apply to your team and your business. I mean, the the way knowing how someone makes a decision could be so valuable in a sales context. You know, there, there are actually, okay. So there are profiles when you're selling, when you're marketing to people. So say you have a coaching client, like you're a coach, you have this client and they're like, yeah, I'm thinking about making this decision, but I'm not sure. There's actually, if you know, know their profile, there are actually words that they want to hear you say. And then you market to them based off of that. Wow. Like, it is insane. And when I did mine, when I looked at mine, I was like, oh, if the minute someone says an experience, I'm like, <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> like, you don't even have to say anymore. Like, this is going to be an experience. I'm totally in. So like, those are my words. There are certain words that I don't like to hear. And the minute I hear them, when I looked at the list, I'm like, yeah, that it instantly turns me off. And so that's where human design is so cool. Like, it, I'm going to tell you it's changed my marriage. 
It has changed the dynamic of my friendships. It has changed how I lead people. It has it changed how I present myself in my communities. It's changed how I coach. It's changed how I've parented. Like allowing my kids to be exactly who they are. One day my my daughter's a Manny Jen. One day she wants to knit. The next day she doesn't. I pay a hundred dollars for knitting stuff. It ticks me off. And then <laughs> I'm like, all right, you don't want to do it. Like I don't want my kids to grow up thinking that they have to do this one thing when they're not designed to do that. My son, he's a generator. He's like going to see it through. So when he, he's like, I love like football, that's, that's all there is to it. Like he's not swaying. I can really honor that for him or their profile types, like really honoring who they are, how they make decisions. Like you can figure out how your kids eat and their digestion based off their human design. And with my kids, my son, well, he would eat noodles with butter and Parmesan cheese every single day. And I'd be like, I am a horrible parent <laughs> because that's all my Eat something eat. green. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh my gosh, like you're going to turn into a piece of pasta. And I remember when I read about his and it was just like, he likes to eat the same thing every single day. Don't force him to eat things he doesn't want to. And I was like, oh my gosh. And it it's completely changed. I'm no longer stressed about it. And I don't feel like a horrible parent. Like he's, he's just fine. Like he is thriving. He is, he's okay. And, and everyone has their own thoughts on that. But I think when you can really take it back to all of these aspects of what human design is here to do. And again, it's a tool. It's like anything mm-hmm. else. Like this is not the end all be all. Like there are going to be things that maybe you're not going to love. So you take what you love and leave what you don't. Like that that's really all there is to it. Like this is meant to be empowering, not disempowering. And like even there are ways that I was taught some of the things that were kind of disempowering. But my my mentor, which I did Aaron, I do Erin Claire, she was like, never disempower anyone. There are disempowering terms and you just switch it up and you change it. So people feel empowered by it versus like, there are some things that are not very empowering or you're like, why can't I be like this person? Or, you know, like I went through that where I was like, why can't I be a projector? Why do I have to be a generator? Just a generator. Now I'm like, I am a mother freaking generator and I am (laughs) proud of it. Like, are my three, five, I was like, God, why did you have to make it where I have to experience life and go through all these trial and tribulations? <laughs> and then I was like, damn, that's pretty cool. Like the three, five profile is one of the most magnetizing profiles there is. Like it is the most potent. I possess that. So like, why can't I feel so good about it instead of feeling shame around something that I cannot change and trying to always be someone else when really this is just who I am. And so when I could share that with people, share it with my husband, like it literally, my husband references this human design all the time. It's crazy. Yeah. So like there's all, you know, it's human design is just going internal. It's Mm -hmm. doing the work, the hard work and really figuring out who you are on on more of a cellular level versus being up in our heads. (laughs) And and it's a tool to help you to bring not awareness, but it's like, Ooh, I'm feeling defensive right now. Why am I feeling defensive right now? I I had a moment and I don't remember what it was. It had to do with one of the energy centers. And like, when I'm in my shadow, I feel defensive and I feel tired or something. I was like, Oh yeah. My shadow right now. I'm feeling defensive because of what just happened. Like, it's very cool. And like, like a lot of 
tools, you know, half the battle is having that awareness and like being able to pinpoint in the moment, like, oh, this is why this is, this is why I'm feeling this way, or this is why I'm acting this way. And I love human design because if you can start tapping into just those things, your energy type, um, your authority, which is how you make decisions, right. And Mm -hmm. your strategy, which is like how you respond, like how you, like we are responders. So like essentially how things come to you, um, like projectors, theirs is different because theirs is, you know, wait for the invitation. So like Mm -hmm. they have to, they think a lot of times they have to like verbally wait for an invitation. But if someone's always in your inbox or things like that, like they're inviting you in, they might not have said it yet, but they're constantly asking the same question. So like, um, the cool thing about you is manifesting generators possess the strategy of both the manifester and of the, um, generator. So like you have the responding part and you also have the informing piece. So like Mm. it's important for the people around you to inform you. And it's super important for you to inform other people. Like you're not looking for them to give you an answer or advice. You're just looking to share with them what you're doing to make and provide less resistance in whatever it is you're doing. That is so, so interesting. Yeah. Did you know that? No, I did not know that. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. So like you possess both of them and it's really cool because my husband, it's so annoying. Sometimes me, he'd be like, well, (laughs) what are you doing? Where are you going? Like he doesn't, he's not trying to tell me not to go do it. He just is curious what I'm doing. And I'm like, geez, oh, Pete, you're not even here. Why does it matter? And he'd be like, oh, I was just curious. And then when I learned that, I'm like, oh, just wanted to let you know I'm doing this. Or if the kids don't have school or something happened at the school, even though he's not here, he just wants to know. Whereas I'm like, I'm not there. I, I, <laughs> I don't need to know. Yes. And so I think it's hard too, because people are like, why are you telling me this? But if you could just be like, just when I tell you things, you don't, I don't need you to give me an answer or try to talk me out of it or give me advice. I just want to want you to know. So imagine what this could change and do in a, a setting where you are working alongside people or leading people. Like imagine how people feel when you just jump the course, you go do whatever feels good, whatever you want to do. And then they're like, wait, well, what's going on? People feel like you're leaving them out. They feel like you're doing something shisty. They, you know, there's like this whole list of things, whereas it is a simple thing to be like, hey, I just want to let you know, I'm going to launch this business, period. Because then when you launch it and you never told anyone, they're like, wait, what the heck? (laughs) You know, then people are upset or in a work setting, say you're going, you're going to go and you're going to do something or change a procedure or different things like that. Manifesting generators want to be informed and they need to inform. So if you didn't inform them, like, well, why didn't I know about this? Like they just, people feel so out of the loop and it creates so much resistance when really, if you just inform people, it makes it so much easier. That's so interesting. I, I sometimes inform to the point where I think in my head, like, am I, is this overkill? <laughs> is this too much? <laughs> am no, I giving too much are. information? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's who you are. Cause do you have a one in your profile? Mm-hmm. That too. Three, one, so, one, three. Oh, so you're the experience too. So the three is the experience that then you move the one in there where it's like the, the thing about the one too, is like, you never feel like you have enough information. Like mm-hmm. yours, like more oh, yeah. and more and more. And like you, you actually want to know the information. So like, it's interesting. We were traveling to Costa Rica. We had some, del- we had some issues, some flight <laughs> issues. And 
Lauren felt, you know, oh, I don't think we should tell people because I don't want anyone to freak out. But the one threes were like, ah! tell like, me, tell me. Yeah. They're like, if you, if they had a one, they're like, I, I really just needed to know what was going on. Whereas some people are like, eh, I really just don't. So it's like really finding that balance, but the ones they want to know the information. They're just like, all right, give it to me. Yeah. What is it? You know? And then, but then the shadow side of that is not ever launching things or doing things because you think you don't know enough. You're not doing enough. You don't know enough. So like you, you have to learn more and more and more, but it's really not. And the cool thing with the three for you is like, you learn it and your whole goal is to experience it and trial and error in it mm. and see what works and what doesn't and what the process is. How can I figure, you know, like, okay, this is what I experienced. And then you share it with the world and you're just like, don't do it this way or do it this way. Or this is what I learned. And because you have that one in there, like that's, that's a huge piece for you. Yeah. That is one, yeah. 100% true. It is so true. <laughs> it's, and that's like, uh, that's the part that I love about it is like when you really start to dig into it with people and it really, you know what it does? It gives people permission. Yes. Yes. It gives them permission. Not only does it give it per- permission for themselves, but to other people, it, it makes them more compassionate. I am a more compassionate human because when I meet someone that I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so annoying. Sometimes I'm like, it's actually not them, right? Like it's it's something so much deeper. And then it's me over here like, okay, why is that bothering me? Mm-hmm. Um, or like just really understanding like energy types. Like some people just don't have the energy I do. And I can't expect people to keep up or do things the way that I want them done because we don't all function like that. And I think that's what it gives people is just like this, this permission slip and this, this piece of compassion that's really been missing. And 70% of the population is generators and manifesting generators. And the whole point of a generator and a manifesting generator is to do what lights them up. So imagine how many people are walking around, just sleepwalking through life, not understanding or knowing what's out there for them, saying yes to everything because they're people pleasing, doing things because they think they have to. And really, what would it look like if you came from a place of pure joy where every morning you woke up and you were so freaking excited to get out of bed because what you were doing lit you up so much and everyone around you felt that. But when you do it from a place of you have to, or I should, or society tells me to do this. Like not only do you feel it, but everybody else around you does. And then, you know, like there's so many pieces to it. And I was with someone the other day and she's like, you know what the best part of our conversation was when you sat up and you, she's like, you sat up so straight and you were like, I'm so excited to wake up every morning to do what I do every single day. I get to lead women every single day. I get to create deep connection with women every single day. I get to help women see themselves every single day. Like there is nothing better than that. Like being able to walk alongside another woman and guide her through this, this piece of life and this journey that she's on. And really, you know, one of the biggest things with the clients that I have right now is like, they've never had someone cheer them on and be there to support them and guide them and reaffirm what they're saying versus, you know, like your family tells you one thing or people around you, what they think you should do. And here I'm just, I'm here to reinforce, you already know what to do and like really give you that power back. And, and like, that's really what human design did for me. And now I have to do it for other women. It's like, just an incredible thing to be able to witness. Not even women. Like when I share it with men, they're like, 
this is crazy. How did you know all of this? And I'm like, mm-hmm. well, I didn't actually know it all, but I learned it. Somebody <laughs> else knows it all, but it's just cool to to be a part of that. And so I think I'm really coming into this place of really loving my life, but it's learning to live authentically myself and yeah. who I came here to be instead of doubting myself and being worried what everybody else thinks I should or shouldn't do. Yes, totally. Like living in alignment instead of living in those those shoulds. Like embodying that, like truly embodying it. Like that's what I was saying earlier, right? People learn human design, but are you embodying it? You could go, I'll tell you what, you could go research it all you want, but until you work with someone to be able to embody it, like that was the game changer for me where I was like, oh, I was, I was on this free app and I was on this app and I was reading this and I was on Pinterest and I was on Instagram and all this stuff. And then like really working with someone that is helping you integrate. It's like anything. Now, when I read a book, I read one chapter and I take notes on everything I learned because I don't want to be that person <laughs> that someone says, what'd you learn? And you're like, right. actually, I don't even remember what the book was about. Do you know what I mean? Like a good yes. Yes, absolutely. So in the spirit of that and integration, because you can look at a human design chart and be like, whoa. Um, So someone is listening. This is their first taste of human design. What's, what's, and we've kind of talked through it a little bit, but step one, even like if there's a, if there's a tool or an app or a platform that you like in terms of pulling this information for yourself, um, for oneself, um, where can they go and what are, the first steps that they can do to like learn something and incorporate it into their life, integrate it into their life. Yeah. Okay. So I use Jenna Zoe's app. It's my HD and I'll send it to you. So, well, I think you have it so you can put it in the show notes if you Mm -hmm. want. Um, And then also Aaron Claire um, Jones, I think it's.com. You could yeah, add that too. Um, hers is really cool too because it gives you like your environment, like the the arrows at the top, like masculine, feminine, and all that stuff. Like she does a really good job of breaking that down. So those are two places I go to. And then um, there are like people I follow on Instagram I can send you as well that I really love because I don't I used to follow so many people and I don't anymore because you get so much information coming in when really like I'm like, I'm just gonna find three people that I absolutely love and just really hone in on what they're sharing versus trying to get information from so many directions. And then what are they going to implement first? So my top three thing all the time, first, I think figuring out your energy type is the best thing. So like if you're a projector, honor that, take your naps, like let people know that you (laughs) do not work this, like you do not have the capacity to work eight full hours. When I hear projectors working like a nine to five, I'm like, Ooh, that has got to be exhausting. And so like, obviously you can't go tomorrow and just be like, I'm quitting my job or anything like that. But like just recognizing how it could change in a marriage to say to your husband, like, or your partner, like, I actually don't have the energy to do all of this stuff and and to have them validate you back and just explain that. But um, generators, I always say like, literally sit back and take a inventory and energetic audit of your life. Are you doing things that you really, really want to do? Like, are you living alignment in this place of joy, uh, doing things that you want to do? Or are you saying yes to things that you really don't care to do, or you think you have to? So it's like living it from places of like that, right? It's like your energy type. And then moving into your, your authority probably would be my next one is like, how do you make decisions? And then 
you don't have to act on them right away, but just start taking a mental note of like, okay, when someone asks me about something, this is how I feel. And if you're gut, like that's, I feel like guts a little bit more, a little <laughs> easier. <laughs> Whereas emotional, you're like, Oh my gosh. Like this morning, I literally had to say to myself, you've got to change your mindset about emotional or you're literally always going to feel like it's this up and down roller coaster, which it is, but like I need to embrace it because sometimes I'm like, oh my gosh, why am I an emotional? Why? And it doesn't mean you're a non like you're not emotional. It's just how you make decisions. So I just want to mm-hmm. be clear about that because people are like, I'm actually a really emotional person. I'm like, it has nothing to do with that. So, um, Like those are probably the three things is really your energy type, your authority, and your strategy. Like read through those because if you go on the app, you're going to be so overwhelmed by everything is really just take it bit by bit. Take one thing at a time. Or if you're like, I really need help integrating this into your life, then reach out to me. Like I would love to support you in that. But I do think it's really important to at least the top three things, your energy type, your strategy, and authority, like really embracing those. Yeah, totally. Thank you so much. Well, we will drop your links in the show notes, but tell everyone where they can find you and follow along with you. Um, You can find me at elizabethlewis.co on Instagram. That's my main place. Um, I'm also over on Retreat to Reclaim. But um, I I wanted to say this because it's actually really interesting. I've built built a huge business and I, my social presence, if you go to my page, you're going to be like, there's really nothing on here. Let me tell you, my calendar is so full with HD (laughs) readings. Uh, I have four mentor clients, like one-on-one clients. I have a high six-figure business. Like all of this stuff is not, you don't have to build a business on social. And my authentic self is like, mine is all about connections and the connections I create at networking events, the connections I create when I'm talking to people. I'm telling you what, I'm in my DMs all the time, but it's one-on-one conversations from people I've met out or people I might follow or people that have questions. Like, so you could go, if you go to my page, yes, there's not a lot. I'm trying to get better. Like, this is really my, my, you do you. I know. I'm not trying to get better. Yes. Yeah. It's not that I'm, I did want to say, I'm not that I've tried to get better, but I do love, I love Instagram. I were were actually joking about this last week. I love it because it's a place of connection, but what I get caught in a lot of times is I'm a storyteller. I'm naturally a storyteller. So like, if I can't drop you a like mind blowing post, (laughs) it like shatters me. And so I'm trying to figure out how to work through that in order to post more stuff. But I will tell you, you don't have to have this major authority on Instagram or on social media to be an expert or an authority. Like if you go to my page, I just just want everyone to witness, like Mm -hmm. I have very good businesses and I don't have that. And so that is where you can find me. You can DM me. I will always voice memo you back because who's got time to type things out? (laughs) I know. I know. (laughs) So, So, so good. Thank you, Elizabeth. Um, I I will drop your links and thank you for being here and for sharing so much wisdom with us. Yes. Thanks for having me. This episode was brought to you by The Legal Apothecary. Hey, 
that's my business. I'm a licensed attorney and my practice is the Legal Apothecary, which is a female forward holistic legal service for creative women that want to focus on growing their influence and their gifts. And part of the Legal Apothecary is the Legal Apothecary Library, where I sell easy to follow contract templates for you to use in your business. As a podcast listener, use code podcast for a 22% discount on any of the contract kits that you find in the Legal Apothecary Library. Link in the show notes.